Welcome to the Goalie Hacks podcast, the show dedicated to providing elite tips, hacks, and strategies to take your game to the next level, where we help you become an elite goaltender, one hack at a time. And now, here's your host, Mike Santaguida. All right, bang, bang, and we are back for another week and another fresh episode, you know, bringing you the leading goalie development content to help catapult your development to the next level much faster. And welcome back to the Goalie Hacks audio experience with your host here, Mike Santaguida, and hope you're all doing fantastic as always. And, you know, obviously I have had an opportunity to uh, really dive into all the old content you may have missed uh, on the show. And, you know, we have over 150 hours of goalie development content now. We're working on a bi-weekly basis for you guys to go back and check out. Uh, and better yet, hockey is back in full swing now for most, and the season is getting underway. And uh, what a beautiful time of year, you know, to be able to, to get back into things after such an enormous, um, you know, it's that much sweeter, really, after last year, you know, the last couple of years after um, such enormous disruptions uh, to to everybody's careers and everybody's journeys. Um, but I hope this year is starting off strong for you. And if it hasn't, you know, feel free to hit me up directly to chat and uh, whether by email or Instagram messenger and we can, um, you know, we can see what we can do. You get you on the right path to success as we roll into the fall here. Uh, but today I'm super excited to share this episode uh, you know, with you guys is I don't believe anyone in the industry has had a guest of this magnitude on, you know, really to chat about breath work and how much it can positively affect your performance in your overall life. And today on the show, I have the privilege of being joined by Jeff Sorensen uh, from Breath Army. And Jeff is a world renowned and leading breath facilitator. Um, and he studied, mentored, and trained with many of the world's leading experts in breathwork and movement. It's quite impressive, including the likes of famous, uh, the famous Wim Hof uh, being uh, an advanced instructor in the Wim, in the Wim Hof method, uh, method including uh, a lo- tons of other methods, which you'll hear uh, in the bio in the intro when I introduce him. Uh, also, Brian McKenzie, Patrick McCowan, Irene Lyon, Genevieve Hart. And David Shanahoff Kalsa are just a few of the influences that have led to uh, the creation of Breath Army. And uh, in this episode, we dive into just several breathing methods and how you can utilize them to increase your performance. The profound impact that different types of breathing have on the body, uh, on the mind, in your life, and why. And we dive into the idea of training composure through deliberately training the vagus nerve, uh, which I have been a big fan of, you know, trying to extract that content and, and sort of explain on the show with some of my uh, some of my guests without uh, you know much deep success although we've touched on it but Jeff does just a you know an awesome job today at, at really peeling the onion back on breath work uh, Benny better than anyone I've ever heard in the goaltending space so far uh, so definitely stick around and catch the whole episode as it's packed with just some amazing content uh, it's not too long um, but, you know, Jeff, really appreciate you making some time in your day to come on the show as well. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's conversation. I know you're going to love the chat. Jeff and I had today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Goalie Hacks podcast. And I am excited to welcome today a leading breath facilitator here in Canada. And that gentleman is Jeffrey Sorensen. And Jeff was born in the snowy wonderland 
a Revelstoke, BC, and is the founder of Breath Army. And his mission is to educate, inspire, and empower people to live their true potential. And he offers tools to break through the structures that hold us back from living and expressing that potential in the world. And Jeff has studied, mentored, and trained with many of the world's leading experts in breath work and movement, including the likes of the famous Wim Hof, Brian McKenzie, Patrick McCowan, Irene Lyon, Genevieve, Genevieve Hart, and David Shanahoff Kalsa, and are just a few of the influences that have led to the creation of Breath Army, uh, which provides a unique offering of breath work, movement modalities, meditation, exposure to nature, natural stressors that help us to reconnect uh, our, with our true nature. And Jeff is also certified in the Wim Hof method as an advanced instructor, uh, oxygen advantage as an advanced instructor, the Buteco breathing uh naya integrative breath work and has studied classical and advanced kundalini pranayama and is registered 500 hour yoga teacher jeff was also recently named an international best-selling author over the past 12 months and he's also currently a paramedic and resides in Kelowna, bc and jeff works with athletes executives and professionals looking to improve their performance as well as those of all ages and walks of life looking to optimize their mental and physical health and performance and it couldn't be happier to welcome him to the show today to chat at some breathing development. Jeff, how you doing, man? Thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Doing very well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, I, I uh, you know, it's, uh, apologize for the the mispronunciation of uh, uh, some of the bio there, but <laughs> a, incredibly impressive background, and, and was happy to to hear you be willing to come on the show. And uh, shout out to Dan LaFollar, recent guest on the podcast, for suggesting to bring Jeff on, and he mentioned that. You know, you you've been you work with several professional athletes, and when I looked into to your background, I was incredibly you know impressed and excited to put together a script. As we haven't really had anybody kind of to uh, to touch on the breath work specifically, and obviously it's becoming a a huge part of performance and, and high performance sports. But uh, how you doing, man? How's everything going? Maybe you can give our listeners a little inside scoop into some of the new work you've been doing lately, and maybe a couple things you know you've recently discovered that have piqued your interest pretty significantly. Yeah, no, it's absolutely, absolutely my pleasure to be here. And um, I've just moved, recently moved to Kelowna from Victoria, BC. Nice. And so, uh, yeah, I'm just really excited about getting settled in here and just connecting into the community in this area. And, and um, yeah, you know, I think what's really lighting me up these days is um, doing retreats of um just finished up a retreat last weekend. I got another one coming up this weekend. Nice. And having, you know, having longer periods of time with people to create a greater impact. You know, there's only so much that you can do with people in a couple of hours or an afternoon. Um, but really having having that focused time, you know, in a space that is far, far away from other people and beautiful natural setting. Um, that's been pretty exciting as well. So just nice to have things open back up, yeah, fun sure. settling into a new community and yeah, just continually going down the rabbit hole of performance and health and the human body. And to me, that's endlessly fascinating. Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, I lived out in, in British Columbia for a short stint when I was uh, 19. I lived in Surrey, but I had a chance to get out to Kelowna. It's a beautiful place, man. So uh, you, you know, you being from kind of, I'm sure you're going to enjoy a lot. It's, it's incredible, but, you know, obviously wish you and, and your athletes, uh, the best of luck and, and all your students as we roll into the summer here, but maybe you can just start off, obviously gave you a pretty good intro and, and, uh, you know, detail a lot of things that you've done, but maybe you can share a brief, uh, history of your story and how we got to where we are today. 
Yeah, well, I've, you know, I've got kind of an interesting story that um, that brought me here. Um, but really, my my interest in breathwork, uh, well, specifically the human body, that one has gone back to high school, you know, like when I graduated high school, I had intentions to become a medical doctor, um, which I never did end up um, following through on. But, um, but that curiosity around the body and health is has always been present, but, um, but interest in breath work and actually initially yoga uh, stemmed from mental health and addiction mm-hmm. issues and really trying to find a natural way to manage those conditions. And that led me into yoga originally, um, into the yogic forms of breath work, the pranayama that um, you had mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. and different forms of meditation and just um yeah just seeing the the body and in a much different way than i had previously and yeah i guess about seven or eight years ago is when i really dove into breath work um in a more focused way and mm-hmm. yeah about um, four or five years ago got um, interested in Wim Hof method and and it just kind of seemed at that time that breath work was kind of this thing that was just ready to erupt and um, yeah, for sure. really kind of take the, the world of performance and mental health by storm. And there's a lot of scientific backing around it, but I think still at this point, even though there's that solid scientific foundation underneath it, I think there's still more that we don't know about it than what, than what we do. So it's kind of exciting to be on the forefront of that and, and really having a deeper understanding of how it affects the body. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe if you don't mind, you know, we can kind of jump right into, you know, your book a little bit, you know, recently named an international bestselling author, you know, becoming an Amazon number one bestseller, which is uh, incredible, man. Congratulations. But maybe you can kind of dive into your book briefly, you know, Ignite the Inner Spirit is what it's called, you know, maybe share what it's about and and why, why did you write initially? What was kind of the goal of it? Well, really, it's um, sharing a, a really challenging time in my life. And, um, you know, and, and in that time, just really having a, a shift in perspective and understanding and really truly understanding at that point that, that suffering really is optional and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and really becoming intensely grateful for all the experiences of my life, no matter how challenging they were and, and developing a greater understanding that those really, really challenging times are our biggest gifts, you know, and our biggest opportunities to transform into this person that we want to become, you know, and really being able to persevere through those challenging times, or even to have a different perspective on them and recognize them as they're happening as opportunities for growth is just such an empowering mindset. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so maybe if you don't mind, you know, sharing with our listeners, um, you know, two or three kind of actionable, important concepts that, that you discuss in the book and how exactly it can help, uh, your performance. Like obviously it's a, it's a goalie podcast. Um, so how it can help goalies in, in their performance on the ice and, and for all the goalies and parents, uh, goalie parents and coaches listening as well. Yeah, well, I think one of the key takeaways is just to understand how much more we are than what we think we are, you know, and it's easy. And I would guess, especially 
in the world that you're describing to really identify, you know, as a, as an athlete, as a goalie. Mm. Um, and that's great, you know, but also understanding that we're, we have so much more potential and we're, we're so much more than that limited identity that we give ourselves. And we're so much more than the labels that we give ourselves within sure. that, you know, so really constantly and continually monitoring our self-talk, how we talk to ourselves mm. and, and kind of how we, how we focus our, our energy and our words is so important in really creating the life that we want and performing the way that we want. Mm -hmm. And so really, you know, I've, I've always been a huge advocate for, for really being cautious and conscious around the words that we use to, to describe ourselves to within any situation that we're in and being conscious and doing that in a way that's constantly empowering and also mm -hmm. compassionate towards ourselves. But you know what around that as well too just that you know the these ups and downs and and challenges that come with life as well as the moments where we're really really high you know understanding mm -hmm. that those are all transitory and that they all come and go and not getting too attached to any of those moments you know being being present within our lives experiencing life in the moment and then recognizing that that everything we experience, whether we frame it as good or bad, it's all part of life, and it's all providing provided that we are focused in our intentions and mm -hmm. where we want to go with our life. It's all part of the path. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's that um, there's a the title of a book, and Ryan Holiday, I think, is the author, um, and the the title is The Obstacle Is the Way. Mm -hmm. you know, right. and re really meeting those obstacles and and you know just finding our way around them above them through them you know but but not shying away from the challenges that arise in life mm -hmm. those challenges are typically you know um the the way he kind of frames in the book is the solution to those challenges is will turn you into the the person you need to become to get to kind of that next level right to grow into somebody worth to getting to that next level right Absolutely. And recognizing that, that every next level of our life requires a different version of ourselves. And mm -hmm. sometimes that, that means that we need to release different aspects of ourselves that maybe at one point in our life, those things served us. But in order to get to that next step, we, we literally need to become a, a new version, a different person and recognizing that and, and not being too attached to the identity that we've created along the way. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, maybe we can kind of dive uh, specifically kind of, you know, on the show, we, we like to talk about uh, when we bring guests on their kind of goaltending, you know, philosophy that they surround their kind of playing style and their coaching style around, but maybe you can kind of break down, you know, uh, two or three main pillars that, you know, you surround your breath philosophy around your teaching philosophy, philosophy around, excuse me, and why you think they're so important. For sure. I think, you know, in the, in the, philosophy that I've created, you know, really what I saw as I kind of traveled all around the world and studied with all of these different masters of breath and learned all these different techniques was 
that there is a real lack of a foundation within that. And so in the way that I teach and share, to me, the, the most important foundation, foundational piece that we need to be begin with is a foundation of awareness and just understanding where we're at right now, what our patterns are, what our habits are, is so key in order to be able to change anything without that foundation of awareness we have no idea how we're going to get to where we want to go and so really just taking those times within over the course of the day when you wake up in the morning when you're eating breakfast when you're on your way to the gym when you're on the way to the rink when you're on the ice taking the time to notice your breath, notice where it's at, notice mm -hmm. how you feel is really paramount in order to create a, a database of information from which we can then draw from in order to create or shift the, the state of our body or mind. Mm -hmm. And so that, that foundation of awareness is key. And then on top of that, having an understanding of what functional breathing looks like breathing in and out through the nose as much as possible, eliminating mouth breathing, bringing the breath deeper into the body, connecting to the thoracic diaphragm, understanding how the three diaphragms in the torso work, the pelvic floor, thoracic diaphragm, diaphragm at the top of the shoulders. Mm -hmm. All of these components of breathing mechanics understanding the chemistry of breathing, the, the interplay of oxygen and carbon dioxide and understanding the importance and the role of each one of those, all those things play into functional breathing. And then we get more into these exercises that people are more familiar with and kind of get thrown around in the breathwork world, mm -hmm. but really without that foundation of functional breathing, and awareness there's really no integration for those exercises and you know we're, we're breathing 24 hours a day if we're doing a breathing exercise for 20 minutes a day then how are you breathing for the other 23 hours and 40 minutes right and those exercises can be really really powerful but we need that solid foundation from which we're building upon because otherwise we're just strengthening dysfunction in the way that we would by going to the gym and using really bad form hmm. you know so it, it it's very similar in, in that way so those are kind of the three pillars that i build on on mm -hmm. um, when i'm teaching and within each of those you know we can kind of break those down further and go into the components of those that are really important as well yeah so you know, why don't we kind of dive into, you know, the first two is kind of the foundation of awareness and, 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 and hockey. I mean, so many people say, oh, you have to build self-awareness, right? You have to build awareness. But how do you kind of teach that to your students and how can kind of goalies out there listening start to build more self-awareness around how they're feeling and, and stuff like that? I think it really begins in a connection to the body, you know, and I think as high-performing athletes, Sometimes there is an acute awareness of different aspects of physiology, but also sometimes what I've seen is a real need to override physiology in order to perform. Mm -hmm. And so in some ways, um, athletes can become very disconnected from their body and overriding the signals that the body is constantly sending 
from the body to the brain. You know, if you look at the vagus nerve, 80% of the vagus nerve is going up to the brain, sending signals from the body. And so really taking time to just, you know, there's an exercise called orienting in which we're orienting into our body, connecting to the breath, really connecting those together and feeling the sensation within the body and then orienting our nervous system to the environment around us. Mm -hmm. And that's an incredibly easy, but really, really profound exercise because many of us are so caught up in our heads. And I'm sure that your listeners can probably relate to the times when they're performing really well, they're not thinking, they're not in their heads. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just, they're part of everything that's unfolding. And, you know, in, in order to become a part of that, we really need to just sink into the body, let go of the thoughts, let go of the mind, and really start to feel the body again. And just connecting to to that part of us that, you know, that's continually a part of everything around us, sensing and interacting within our nervous system with mm-hmm. everything that's going on around us yeah. really brings us deeper into that flow state, which is where your athletes want to be. Yeah. Maybe you can kind of just touch on this idea of the, the vagus nerve, maybe detail to everybody what exactly it is. And, and is, is that kind of trainable, um, you know, basically training like your composure and your connection to your body? Absolutely. You know, Vegas means, you know, comes from Latin means wandering. So it's a, one of the cranial nerves that extends off the brain and then wanders down through the body, connects to virtually all the major, major organs in the body. So whether it be your heart or your lungs or your stomach, uh, whatever it may be, it's connected to all of those organs, your diaphragm as well. And then it, it's constantly signaling and, and running information back and forth. So it's kind of like a super highway of information in between the body and the mind. Mm. And there is a way to, you know, that's called vagal toning. You know, improving the vagal tone mm. allows one to be more relaxed within stressful situations. And so, you know, there's a a number of different ways to, to do that. But when we're, when we're continually in a really activated state or um, really, really in that sympathetic kind of fight or fight state, which um, a lot of athletes are kind of really turned on all the time, then that's not, that's not good for vagal tone. Mm. (laughs) So we need to be able to switch back and forth between that fight or flight and back into relaxation to really have that regulation within the nervous system. And so that comes through practices um, that, that increase that vagal tone, you know, and there's a wide variety of them, you know, that come from, you know, vary from toning, you know, making different sounds on cold exposure is one that Mm -hmm. really increases vagal tone. You know, even simple things like gargling water, you know, first thing in the morning can increase vagal tone. So it's, you know, that, that, that's a whole rabbit hole on its own, but, um, but one well worth going down. Yeah, no, I, I, it intrigues, you know, sparks my interest specifically just cause I, you know, I, I kind of stumbled upon this idea of, you know, that, that you refer to as vagal toning when I was a lot younger. Um, and I did it 
kind of with, uh, you know, I did it with VO2 training. Um, another thing I did it with in, in recent memory was cold exposure. Um, mm. and, and you mentioned that, and I know that, you know, you've, you've done a lot of work, um, you know, with, with the, the famous Iceman Wim Hof, who I'm a big fan of, um, but you know, maybe we can kind of dive into your relationship with him a little bit and, and how you've connected with his work and maybe explain it to a, a lot of people that haven't really, uh, heard of him or, or his work before and, and, um, you know, his, his famous, uh, Iceman title and, and why it interests you so much. Yeah, he's a pretty fascinating guy, you know, and I guess what really struck me initially when I first came across his podcast on Tim Ferriss, when mm -hmm. he really first came over to North America and, um, you know, he spent some time with Leonard Hamilton and Brian McKenzie at that time and kind of did his podcast tour and, you know, and what's, what really, um, kind of grabbed me from that first podcast was just the simplicity of his message, mm. the simplicity of his teachings and the conviction that he had that, you know, these really simple tools could have such a profound effect on everyday people, you know, people mm -hmm. with no experience of, with breath work or cold exposure and, you know, and how having cold showers and doing a breathing technique, um, he was pretty convincing that these could, these simple tools could change people's lives. And um, that was really initially what drew me in that along with the science behind it. And there's some pretty interesting studies that took place, you know, in around 2012, 2014 with endotoxin injections. And, and, you know, I, I had been involved with yoga and meditation and that, that world for a long time. But what really pulled me in was that there was, wow, it, this irrefutable science mm -hmm. that these breathing techniques, cold exposure, having such a profound effect on inflammation, on the immune system, on mental health, you know, like just the, the catecholamine release that comes along with a shot of adrenaline that you get when you do the breathing, when you do the mm -hmm. cold exposure, <laughs> you know, the oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine, endogenous cannabinoids and opioids that get mm -hmm. released, you know, the, just having that scientific backing behind it really intrigued me. And, um, yeah, it was, you know, the, the times that I've spent with, you know, with Wim and, and the rest of the, instructors from the inner fire academy and you know all the people that i've been training with for years now you know that they're they're pretty transformative experiences and i think wim is one of the teachers that you know really made me realize that often it, it's not so much the the words that are shared by a, a really good teacher but it's more just exemplified in their presence mm. a real a really deep embodiment of what they're sharing you know so just to be around him is is quite a profound experience because he's so different than than the person that you'd meet on the street you know he, mm -hmm. he's so embodied he's so present and um, just has such firm belief that, um, that yeah very incredibly inspiring yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're, we're on this idea of cold exposure, which I think, um, you know, it's becoming uh, more prevalent in, in sort of the hockey world, but 
you know, why do you think it's so effective? And, and you kind of, you know, you, you kind of touched on some of the science and maybe you can kind of give some actionable advice for, for people listening to, you know, uh, incorporate some cold exposure into their routines of their life that, that can increase their performance and their health. Yeah. Well, you know, there, there's all these physiological effects um, that we talk about and, you know, the, the decrease in inflammation, the, you know, the, the effect that it has on the circulatory system, the effect it has on immune function. And, and those things are incredibly powerful on their own. But, you know, I, I think, as you know, if you've had some experience with cold exposure, one of the most significant benefits is around resiliency and mindset. Mm-hmm. And if we approach that practice with presence and really being in that experience and just being in that discomfort and doing this hard thing that we don't really want to do (laughs) and just learning to find peace and calm within that, that's an incredibly powerful practice and really sets us up to excel in our lives. So I think that that resiliency piece, the mindset piece is something that's kind of been missing from you know, it, it, ice baths in sport are not a new thing, right? Sure. But but using it as a tool to train the nervous system, to regulate the nervous system, to increase resiliency, to increase focus and awareness is a little bit of a new um, kind of twist on on that that modality that's been around for a long time. And mm-hmm. I think I think that people need to understand that that cold exposure doesn't always need to be an ice bath, you know, and there's different ways to, to have cold exposure within our lives. And whether that be a cold shower, whether that means going out and walking around in the snow and bare feet, whatever it looks like, there, there's many different ways to integrate that into our life and just integrating discomfort into our lives in different ways, mm. you know, in a way, you know, I use, I use the term intelligent edge often in which, you know, within that intelligent edge, we're, we're pushing ourselves far enough that we create some adaptation, but we're not creating injury or illness within the body. And so approaching on different modalities that provide that discomfort, whether it be cold exposure or whether it be, be breath work, Mm-hmm. and increasing our CO2 tolerance. Right. Those are both really uncomfortable uh, exercises, but they have really profound results in being able to just be okay, not being comfortable, mm-hmm. being able to find our breath within those practices, be connected to the body. That Those are tools that you can take anywhere with you. You know, you don't need anything outside of yourself in order to have access to those tools. And I think that's what makes them so powerful for athletes is because it, you know, like the breath provides an anchor into any situation that, you know, that really provides this kind of stabilizing grounding force. Mm-hmm. And it's always there. You know? For sure. So, um, yeah, so. <laughs> for sure. Until it's not right. <laughs> But then you're not worried about it. Yeah, I don't, no kidding, right? But well, I know, I know you kind of, and I kind of want to just tread back a little bit to come back to to your philosophy and then dive into some more actionable advice for everybody. You know, you you talked about this idea of uh, functional breathing. You know, mm-hmm. um, 
how does that, what does that look like to you and how can people kind of work that uh, into their daily routines to make it more automatic? And maybe you can kind of share like, uh, you know, uh, one to two exercises that people can do at home to, to work on that a little bit more. Yeah. Well, let's start with kind of three really important concepts around functional breathing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I'm not sure the, the origin of this mnemonic, um, but it's a really good one. And it, it came to me through Patrick McEwen, but it's the mnemonic LSD. So light, slow, and deep breathing. So when we say light, there's a, an optimal amount that we need to breathe based upon the metabolic demands of the body. So whatever you're doing, there's an optimal amount you need to breathe. Just like based on how much you're exerting yourself, there's an optimal amount that you need to eat. And if you eat too much, then you gain weight. If you don't eat enough, you lose weight. Mm -hmm. And breathing's that exact same way. So being able to observe the breath, bring more awareness to the breath, and really noticing, could I be breathing less? That's going to shift the chemistry of your body in a, in a way that is favorable to performance. Mm -hmm. And so continually bringing yourself back into awareness, noticing how you're breathing and noticing, could I breathe less? Breathing less is uncomfortable because breathing is so important. Our body has created this incredibly dis uncomfortable sensation within the body in order to keep us breathing. Right. But that sensation is not indicating an imminent emergency it's predicting a future emergency mm -hmm. and so we can actually lean into that discomfort in order to create adaptation in yeah. the way that we want to go your body's got this homeostasis that needs it's the fight or flight that kicks in to keep you alive basically right for sure so so light breathing super important slowing the breath down seeing if you can breathe more slowly when you combine that with breathing deep and we're going to talk more about deep in a minute mm -hmm. but slow deep breathing actually allows more oxygen to be diffused into the body like 20 percent right. more on um, using six deep breaths as opposed to 12 shallow breaths per minute you'll get 20 percent more mm -hmm. oxygen into your body 20 percent more oxygen provided that you've got enough CO2 in your body will produce 20% more energy. So that can be huge. Mm. So slowing the breath down, you know, lots of people are kind of breathing 12, 16 breaths per minute, you know, like as a paramedic in my training, they say 12 to 20 is normal. Six is optimal. So, um, wow. you know, the, the respiratory rates of, society in general have gone from about eight to 12, you know, 50 to a hundred years ago to 12 to 20 being normal now. So that has a huge impact wow. on the nervous system. Yeah. If you're wanting to stay calm and relaxed and be in that calm focused state, which I would think most of your athletes want to be in mm -hmm. that requires the nervous system to be able to be calm, to be more shifted towards that parasympathetic tone. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that we can get there is through slow breathing. Now, the last one, deep breathing. There's been a misconception within our culture that deep means big. 
-hmm. And, but deep actually means far from the surface. So if we think about deep breathing, we breathe in through the nose, far from the surface from the nose is our thoracic diaphragm. That's what deep breathing means is really breathing and connecting with the diaphragm. So one way to know if you're creating intra-abdominal pressure by utilizing the diaphragm effectively is to place the hands on the lower ribs and see if you're getting lateral expansion in the lower ribs as Mm. you breathe. If you're not, you're probably breathing into your chest. You're probably using accessory muscles like the neck, shoulders, and chest Mm. in order to draw the breath in. That works, but it's incredibly taxing on those muscles that aren't designed to breathe 20,000 times a day. So placing the hands on the lower ribs, feeling if there's some horizontal expansion and drawing the breath down into those lower lobes of the lungs, again, has a huge impact on performance, on parasympathetic tone. And yeah, again, it's just such a powerful tool. So those three together are, you know, really just easy ways to kind of grasp the the um, important points of functional breathing so light slow deep and as far as you know exercises to um, really kind of illustrate those points and going back to that um, that initial piece of awareness that i mentioned you know we can kind of go through a just a quick kind of 10 minute practice here if you'd like just to you know, just kind of to illustrate what I mean around cultivating awareness, yes. bringing the awareness into the body, what a reduced breathing practice would look like. And then just a really quick example of how powerful the breath is in um, stimulating the nervous system, just to give your listeners a, a, a good experience of, of just how quick and powerful that is in order to understand that their breathing habits are yeah. having a, a dramatic impact on on the way that they feel. Yeah, I would love to, man. Let's get into it. Yeah, so for breathing awareness, really, you know, just coming into some kind of a comfortable position, you know, that could be lying down, could be sitting, but just coming into a comfortable position where there's not too much efforting going on to support yourself and just taking a moment just to really come into the body. So we're bringing the awareness down out of the thinking mind and really bringing it into the body, becoming more aware of the sensations in the body, being more aware of what you feel in any given moment, but also switching from labeling and defining what you're feeling into just pure awareness and experiencing, observing, witnessing what you feel without needing to put a label on it. Mm -hmm. Once we've kind of brought the awareness into the body, we're more aware of what we're feeling within the body. We can start to feel how the body is connected to the environment around us. So just feeling the points of contact in between your body and the surface underneath you or behind you. And just feeling those points of contact is creating that connection between your body and the environment. 
again, connecting to sensation in the body. What do you feel? What is the state of your nervous system? Are you highly stimulated? Are you feeling relaxed? Just noticing what you feel and then bringing in the layer of the breath. Notice the way that you're breathing. We start to correlate the way that we're breathing with the way that we're feeling. If you wanna change the way you feel, you can change the way you breathe. And so really starting to gather more information by just noticing how are you breathing? How do you feel in your body? Connecting your body into the environment around yourself by feeling those points of contact, by hearing sounds around you. And then, you know, if the eyes are closed, we can just kind of gently open the eyes and just slowly kind of looking around the space that you're in and bringing your gaze to an object and just kind of holding that object in your gaze. And again, we're connecting to that object, not in a highly focused way, but just kind of holding that object in our gaze and then connecting into the breath, feeling those points of contact between the body and the environment around you. And also feeling the sensations in the body. This is giving signal to our nervous system that the nervous system can relax, that the environment around us is safe, that we can bring the level of arousal in our nervous system down, and that we can just relax within our body. Vision and breath are the two tools that are uh, both controlled unconsciously by the body, the autonomic nervous system, but we can also control consciously. And that really provides this window into the nervous system to create more relaxation or create more stimulation. And so now we can again, just kind of slowly move our gaze, finding another object in the room, allowing again, the gaze to be held on that object, connecting to the breath, connecting to the body, connecting to sensation within the body and the environment around us. And just kind of taking a couple of more breaths here again, just to let the nervous system unwind and let the nervous system settle. And then again, we can bring ourselves to having the eyes closed again and just focus on the breath as it flows in and out through the nose. Just following that flow of air as it flows in and the flow of air as it comes back out. And oftentimes, depending on the temperature and the environment that we're in, but oftentimes that air coming in will be slightly cooler slightly drier and the air coming out is often warmer and has some moisture in it so we're just focused right on the tip of the nose as we breathe just following that flow in following the flow out 
and then see if you can reduce the volume of your breathing. See if you can soften the breath. See if you can slow it down. Breathe more gently, more slowly. If you can hear your breath, see if you can breathe more quietly. At the end of your exhalation, we want to cultivate just a little bit of air hunger or breathlessness. So not so much that we're creating arousal within the nervous system. We don't want to engage that fight or flight too much. But we're just finding a little bit of discomfort at the exhalation, like you're happy to take that next breath in. And again, just focused on the tip of the nose, following that flow of air in, and just seeing, can you slow it down? Could you breathe more softly? Could you breathe more gently? And then just continuing with this practice, and it's such a powerful way to increase our tolerance to CO2 in the body, which in the end uh, really can have a dramatic impact on performance. And I call this finding our gear one. So if we think about having five gears in our breath, this is the baseline. This is what we continually want to return to throughout the course of our day. Throughout, doesn't matter whether you're on the ice, whether you're in the gym, whether you're in the car. Always just noticing, could I be breathing more gently, more softly, and could I be breathing less? Finding that threshold of discomfort and just kind of continually nudging into that discomfort. It kind of reminds me of uh, the Buteco breathing method. Exactly. Yes. I studied it a little bit actually when I was in college because I stumbled upon it and this idea of, you know, growing your CO2 tolerance in your bloodstream. Um, it's quite profound. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And it's kind of counter to the way that we do everything in our culture where we, we kind of think more is better. Mm. But um, with breathing, it, that's certainly not the case. Yeah. And yeah, we really want to decrease the volume. But then to kind of, you know, illustrate the, the other end of that spectrum. So now the hope is that your listeners would be feeling, you know, quite relaxed mm -hmm. with that soft, gentle breath. But then if they were to take three quick breaths in through the nose and let their breath go out through the mouth, Notice how quickly this stimulates the nervous system. So mm -hmm. I'll just demo this here. So three short breaths in through the nose, soft breath out through the mouth. And very quickly, they'll notice that that revs their nervous system right back up. Mm. And so then just letting that practice go, coming back to just breathing in and out through the nose, is just a really simple way to show people how much the way that they're breathing impacts the way that they feel. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's an incredible man. And, and I know we're kind of running tight on time here, but, uh, you know, Jeff, do you have any uh, last words of advice for, for everyone listening? Obviously amazing practice. Glad we got to do something actionable. Everybody, you know, definitely rewind this back and, and check it out. But Jeff, do you have any last words of advice for everyone listening that you feel passionate about sharing? Well, I think, you know, really just implementing simple tools in your life and understanding that the, the cumulative effect of those simple practices over time can be massive, you know, but, but really that comes through commitment and committing to a regular practice, to giving different tools a, a period of time to really observe the effect in our life, say over a month or 90 days or right. six months or a year that that's really where change comes from. And so committing to a breathwork practice, you know, there's, I do all sorts of free stuff that they can check out on, but really giving it the time on that it needs to really become a part of your life. Any practice that that commitment piece is huge. Yeah. Do you, you have any kind of recommendations, last recommendations for how people can kind of get started with the practice? like uh, once a week or 10 minutes a day, what do you recommend for people? I would recommend that, that first piece of awareness, bringing that into the, as the first thing that they do every morning when they wake up, mm. notice how they're breathing, notice how they feel, see if they could soften the breath, bring that practice into the day, you know, in the beginning, maybe three to five more times over the course of the day, finishing mm. off the end of the day, how am I breathing? Could I soften the breath as you fall asleep? See if you can breathe a little bit more softly. You know, mm -hmm. doing that practice that we just did, that's a great place to start. You know, and I would recommend doing that every day and bringing that piece of awareness into as many moments of the day as possible. It's an easy practice that we can layer into everything that we're already doing. And then, you know, 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day of focused breathwork practice can have a massive impact on performance, mental mm -hmm. health, just all overall health. It, it's huge. So mm -hmm. yeah, highly recommend. Yeah. Well, Jeff, thank you obviously for coming on the show today, man. Incredible to meet you and, and someone who's come so close to Wim Hof himself and his practices and so many other uh, amazing influencers in, in the breast space, but very impressive work, work you do with your, you know, your company, your athletes. And, you know, really excited. We got to chat today and briefly bring a, a different performance hack approach to the show. And I know everyone will love it. And, and we haven't had anyone on yet to talk about breathing. So I know everyone is definitely gonna enjoy this one, but can you just let everyone know where they can get in touch with you online if they want to learn more? For sure. They, you know, Instagram, I, I try and be fairly active on there. I don't have a ton of time, but, um, you know, I, I'm on there fairly frequently. People can always reach out, you know, through DM on there at, uh, at Breath Army. BreathArmy.com, you know, there's some free resources on there. Uh, I'll be putting some more up over the next month or so as I kind of come closer to the next launch of the Breathwork Blueprint coming out in September. So, mm. yeah, check out the website, check out Instagram. And, um, yeah, don't, don't hesitate to reach out. I'm always happy to chat with new people. And, and if people think that there's, you know, 
room for improvement, which for most athletes there is. One-on-one mm-hmm. um, -on -one sessions are also an option as well, and I've had some really good results with that over the years. Right on. So go check out Jeff Sorensen and all the mentioned links will be available in the, in the show notes if everyone wants to, to connect with him or his work or learn more. And him and his athletes and his students have experienced tons of success at the next level for years now. And I know they all have a bright future ahead of them. So I know we got to cut it short today, but maybe somewhere down the road, we'll, we'll have you back on the show, man. If that's something that interests you to talk about the, the breathing blue, the, the breath blueprint that you're developing. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to. It's great to be on. Thanks for having me on and, and just bringing more awareness to what I do. And yeah, it's, it's powerful stuff. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, I'm, I'm, the pleasure is all mine. I'm grateful for you coming on, buddy. You take care, stay safe, and we'll chat soon, man. Sounds good. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode, goalies. If you like what you heard today, make sure to hit that subscribe button as we have tons of amazing guests lined up ready to come on to the show in the next few months. Make sure to tune back into the show in two weeks and every other Tuesday from now on at 8 a.m. As next episode, I have recent ex-NHL veteran turned AHL goaltending coach Richard Bachman on the show and in the conversation we dive into his career and the the windy road to the nhl honestly his domination uh, leading up to his pro debut and how he was able to compete and play over 250 ahl games and uh 50 nhl games at the highest level of pro hockey in the world obviously the nhl and, and the ahl uh, and we also dive into his time as a goalie coach in the american league and, and where most younger goaltenders should be focused uh to get ready for the challenges that lie ahead of them at the highest levels of pro hockey. And Coach Bachman is, is an awesome guy, uh, so passionate uh, about the, the position in the game. And I remember watching him in the cage, uh, you know, growing up and was a huge fan of him during my early years growing up watching him. So it was really cool to connect. Uh, he's such a great guy, and it was just such a detail, incredibly detailed and, and valuable converse, conversation. Uh, I know you guys are going to love this one, so make sure to tune back next week without further ado here are the giveaway details for our monthly giveaway we do for the goalie hacks podcast and just as a note here if you enter into this giveaway even if you don't win uh, we select four winners a month and and that includes books uh, different products training products uh, neuro tracker subscriptions we give away all sorts of things we pick four people a month and even if you don't win uh, one month you're always entered into uh, the the future the future giveaway so to enter the giveaway if you're an Apple user, simply go to the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave us a written review and rating. And if you're an Android user, you can also download iTunes onto your computer and leave a review and rating on there as well. And once you leave a review of the podcast, just take a screenshot of it and either email it to goaliehacks at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram with your screenshot and your full name. Get excited, guys. Great things ahead. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show, and I'll see you in two weeks. Oh,